Hey guys, I say this every time, but thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot, and I also want to apologize for releasing this episode a little later in the week than normal. I just wanted as much research as I possibly could get to prepare for this case. This week, I want to get straight into it. I found this case on Twitter in the comments of a post talking about Gabby Petito and her crazy coverage on her missing persons and eventually murder case. A case caught my eye in the comments because it was a missing persons case, but now it's possible that it could be a homicide case. So let's get started. Jelani Day was a 25-year-old grad student attending Illinois State University. He was going to grad school to get his master's in speech pathology, which is amazing. According to Carmen Bolden Day, his mother, Jelani was a smart, goal-driven, and determined person and had dreams to become a doctor someday. Other students in his undergrad said he was a very sweet and kind person. I saw my mom go through the speech pathology master's program, and it was so hard and time-consuming for her. Anyone who goes through that program is a rock star, and Jelani certainly was. Jelani had three older siblings, a sister and two brothers, and a younger sister. According to the Chicago Tribune, Jelani attended Alabama A&M where he ran track. He loved to eat, which makes sense because running track and working out requires all the calories. He was also an avid swimmer. During this time, he decided to go on to become a doctor. He wanted to make sure his mom would never have to work again. He graduated in 2018 with a bachelor's degree in speech pathology. In August 2021, Jelani had just started his first semester at ISU. He was living in an off-campus apartment in nearby Bloomington. According to NBC News, Jelani lived only an hour away from his mom, who lived in Danville, Illinois. He often visited home since it was so close, and he had such a close relationship with his mom. In the same NBC News article, his mom said, quote, I call him my bill collector child because he just calls me and calls me nonstop several times a day. His mom also said he was so excited about his graduate program and how he had gotten his report card two A's and two B's, which, like I said, this is a hard degree and it's a hard program in to get those kind of grades. This guy had to be smart. His brother, Seve Day, told Insider that Jelani was excited to be the first black man to graduate with a speech pathology master's degree from ISU and had a clothing line launch planned for October 9th. Jelani was doing the damn thing and had everything going for him. According to NBC News, on August 23, 2021, Jelani messaged Kara Boster, the director of clinical education at the university, about his coursework. They planned to meet the next morning on the 24th, but Jelani didn't show. Kara told WWEK-TV that she texted him and knew his class was at 1 p.m., but he didn't show at that time either. At this point, Kara was growing more concerned about Jelani, since grad students don't just ghost everyone and miss their classes without an excuse. So she called campus police, who then went to Jelani's parents' house on Wednesday to inform them about Jelani's disappearance. No one had heard from Jelani in a couple of days. His mom told Dateline that she was busy planning for a trip and figured one of the siblings had been in touch with him. When the campus police showed up at their house, the shoe dropped. They tried to get in touch with Jelani, but they received no answer. Jelani's oldest brother went to his apartment with police to look around for him, but there wasn't any sign of struggle. Everything looked to be in order, except for his white 2010 Chrysler 200 was missing. 
The family then filed a missing persons report with Bloomington Police on August 25th. They began an investigation and focused on trying to find Jelani and or his car. But before any police work began, the police asked Carmen and the family if it was possible that Jelani was extremely stressed out with school and maybe he took some time off. Obviously, the family said no because they know their son better than the police does, and they begin to push for the police to start searching. According to the press release issued by Bloomington Police on August 27th at 4.20 p.m. on August 26th, officers of the Peru Department responded to a report of a concealed vehicle in the wooded area south of the Illinois Valley YMCA. The vehicle was confirmed to be Jelani's. The license plates were removed from the car and nowhere to be found. Based on these findings, PPD officers established a command post in an extensive K-9 search by Illinois State Police, drone aerial searches by Peru Fire and Utica Fire drones, as well as a ground search conducted by Peru, Utica, and Augsley by fire departments. Feel free to reach out to me if I pronounce that name wrong. I only read in one source, WGLT, that they managed to find his wallet and LSU lanyard around Peru, but they didn't find his phone at that time. The vehicle was then removed and transported to a secure facility to be processed. Bloomington and Peru police also asked residents in the area for any tips or sightings of Jelani in his car from Tuesday, August 24th at 9.15 a.m. to Thursday, August 26th at 4.20 p.m. According to a press release from Bloomington Police on August 27th, police found security camera footage of Jelani from August 24th around 7.20 a.m. in the ISU's Bone Student Center wearing a bright blue button-down shirt, some slacks, a black belt, black dress shoes, and a blue face covering. On August 30th, Jelani's family set up a GoFundMe account to provide resources for the search, and his mother also announced a $25,000 reward for any information vital to his disappearance. On August 31st, Bloomington police released a video of Jelani from a surveillance camera. Jelani entered a retail store called Beyond Hello in Bloomington, Illinois on August 24th at 9.12 a.m., he was wearing a blue Detroit Lions baseball hat, a black Jimi Hendrix band shirt, white slash silver shorts, and black shoes with white soles. The release also said they caught his white Chrysler in the parking lot from an exterior surveillance video. The release also mentioned that the clothes Jelani was wearing in the video were found in his abandoned car the next day and that he would not be wearing those clothes. What is conflicting about all of this is that Carmen told Newsy that different people found Jelani's belongings. She said police did not find any evidence on their own, and a civilian always found something of Jelani's. Someone found the car, a man and his son found the wallet, two women from ISU went looking for Jelani and found his clothing by a riverbank. I am having trouble trying to understand because in the press release, the police said they found his clothes in the car. I don't want to discredit his mother because I 100% believe her. I believe everything she told Newsy and I will link that information in the blog. She said she didn't trust the police because of all the misinformation being thrown around and I agree. Something isn't adding up here. While all of this was unfolding, Carmen, Jelani's mom, and his siblings were posting Jelani's picture and information to social media. They were posting flyers all over campus and struggling to get any word out or attention on Jelani's disappearance. According to Insider, Seve Day said that even when police found Jelani's car and his clothes abandoned, they had to push for a search effort. This went on for a couple of more days. No word from Jelani, no new information coming in. Searches for Jelani by his family still went on without any leads. 
They looked in the area of Beyond Hello, his last known whereabouts, and on September 3rd, more than 100 people gathered in the Bone Student Center in support of the search effort. Carmen told the crowd that Jelani wasn't dead and we will find him. On September 4th, 2021, a search crew had found a body floating near the south bank of the Illinois River east of the Illinois 251 Bridge in LaSalle County, not far from where his car was found. The body was wearing a tank top t-shirt and underwear with a black sweatshirt tied around his waist. Officials said it could take weeks to make an identification. According to Chicago Sun-Times, Carmen and the family submitted their DNA for testing at that time. The LaSalle County Coroner Richard Plow told Carmen and her attorney that he removed one of the corpse's tibia bones and sent it out for DNA analysis. Carmen had also previously contacted the coroner to provide him with her son's dental records. Eight days went by without any contact. A couple weeks did go by without any confirmation of whether or not the body belonged to Jelani. According to the Washington Post, a backlog in DNA cases prevented a swift identification, which is ridiculous. Police could have known way sooner if the body belonged to Jelani, and his family could have gotten those answers sooner. Instead, his family waited for 24 days without hearing anything. According to the Pantograph, on September 20th, the Bloomington police said in a statement that they were still actively investigating Jelani's death. They were still collecting and analyzing physical and digital evidence and interviewing witnesses. According to Insider, Carmen and Coroner Plow had a heated argument on the phone on September 22nd about a possible ID due to dental records. Apparently, when Carmen was trying to ask a few questions regarding the findings and just generally trying to understand what was happening, the coroner blew up at her and asked if she wanted him to find out if this is your son or not. Carmen's attorney, Hallie M. Besner, was also on the line and told coroner he had no right to speak to Carmen that way, especially because this could be her son. How could someone talk to a grieving and confused mother in this situation? On September 23rd, the coroner's office made a positive ID and notified the family in the news. The body found from the river on September 4th, weeks after the discovery was made, was indeed Jelani Day. Four days after identifying the body as Jelani, and 23 days after they found him in the water, they released his body to his family. The family decided to get a private autopsy done because they didn't trust the local officials. According to Insider, the private pathologist was baffled by the work of the coroner. He had not followed standard protocol. There were differences in how the body was described in both exams, to the body's hair being shaved, to there being no hair at all in the private exam. According to Chicago Sun-Times, the body had no eyeballs, was missing its front top and bottom teeth, and a jawbone had been sawed out. The private pathologist could not find the brain, organs, liver, or spleen. Jelani's body was covered in fish and turtle bites, was maggot-infested, and the genitalia was unidentifiable. Seve Dave, Jelani's brother, told Insider that when he viewed the body, he couldn't see Jelani in this corpse and was convinced it wasn't his brother. He was told that water decomposes bodies fast, but he was still skeptical about how decomposed this one was. Jelani was only missing for a week and a half. How could he be so decomposed like this? I'm not sure if it's corner plow or corner plow, so I apologize. 
but he denied these allegations of Jelani's organs missing, saying that the body was severely decomposed due to the water. According to an article called Decomposition Changes in Bodies Recovered from Water, the body decomposes slower in the water than in soil, but when taken out of the water, the body starts to deteriorate fast. I will link this article in the show notes to read because it is very interesting, but from what I gathered, I don't think Jelani's organs could liquefy like how the coroner said they would have. I think they can bloat, but I don't think the coroner is telling the truth. I think these organs are missing, and I think he is covering something up. That's just my opinion. According to WGLT, on September 23rd, Peru police posted a surveillance video on Facebook that showed a black man approaching a residence and saying it was related to an ongoing investigation. The video didn't specify anything about it being related to Jelani. They eventually stated that the man in the video wasn't a suspect or any longer a person of interest. The next Monday on the 27th, the LaSalle County Sheriff's Office officially takes over Jelani's case and the media should contact them for information. They said a collaborative, multi-jurisdictional unit is investigating, which includes the Sheriff's Office, Peru, State, LaSalle, and Bloomington Police, as well as the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit. Eventually, the FBI would decline to take over the lead of Jelani's case. On Wednesday, October 13th, the LaSalle County Sheriff's Office issued a public statement saying they had investigators reviewing hundreds of hours of security footage and they conducted a second search of the Illinois River. Unfortunately, the search was a bust and they didn't find anything new. A couple days later on the 15th, the LaSalle coroner released a toxicology report of Jelani's that stated there was evidence of marijuana, caffeine, and nicotine use in his body, but they were not significant amounts. On October 25th, the LaSalle County coroner ruled Jelani's death as a drowning, but how he ended up in the river is unknown. Quote, there was no evidence of anti-mortem injuries such as manual strangulation, an assault or altercation, sharp, blunt, or gunshot injury, infection, tumor, natural disease, congenital abnormality, or significant drug intoxication. I got that quote from NPR. Basically, what the coroner was saying was that there wasn't any evidence of murder, which Jelani's mother Carmen says is ridiculous. We don't know the demons people hold inside, but Jelani was super close with his mother. Quote, somebody did this to him and they are going to be held responsible for doing what they did to my son, she said at a general meeting of Illinois State's Black Student Union. Carmen also said that he did not put himself in the river. Jelani had everything going for him. Devil's advocate, if it was suicide, what could he have possibly been able to hide from his family? He was in contact with them every day. He had an amazing support system, and his family knows better than anyone else. How many times have families of victims been told by police that their loved one ran off instead of disappearing? How many times have police brushed off murders with suicide, and we find out decades later that wasn't the case? Give me the statistics of disappearances turned deaths that actually were suicides and not foul play. I'm actually asking for them. I want to know why the suicide story is always played. There wasn't even a suicide note. Um, and this is just my perspective and I'm open to others. So please email me yours and we will have a conversation. According to WGLT on October 17th, 
An unidentified man found a shattered phone on the side of an interstate in Bloomington when he stopped to retrieve a mattress that fell off his vehicle. He then took the phone to Walmart and turned it in for $80. A couple of days later, the Bloomington police contacted the man and informed him the phone had belonged to Jelani. This information was written from a post on Facebook written on November 11th. Carmen found the post and immediately contacted police who then informed her that they had it in their custody. They asked her if she wanted to look through the phone and Carmen then demanded them to hand the phone over to the FBI. First of all, why are they asking her to look at key evidence? Did they find something on the phone? And if they did, shouldn't they be holding information while they investigate? It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, his phone will give information about who he was texting, where he was going, and perhaps why or how he ended up in that river. The LaSalle County Sheriff's Office did what she said to do, and they sent the phone to the FBI for further forensic testing. Basically, I don't know why the FBI hadn't taken over because everything is so sus. With Jelani's car and clothes found in the wooded area, to him missing classes and clinicals, to not speaking with his family, his phone being found on the side of the interstate, to his body found in a river, what is the criteria of them not being able to take point on this case? Apparently, according to the Pantograph, the FBI cannot take the lead on a local investigation unless a federal law is violated or a case crosses state lines. Did police even investigate the people in Beyond Hello the day they found security footage of him in the store? We don't know much about this case, and according to the Pantograph, the state police denied the request for a major case review of the documents in Jelani's case. It was denied because they said a release of information could significantly impact criminal proceedings since this is a death investigation. The Pantograph did receive access to the LaSalle County emails related to Jelani's investigation, and I will tell you now what was released. Five items were sent from the Bloomington Police to ISP Forensic Labs. A steering wheel swab, front driver's side interior door handle swab, front passenger's side interior door handle swab, blue straw from a styrofoam cup, and a partially smoked cigar blunt. According to these emails, law enforcement also recovered Johnny's contact list from phone records in his phone last pinged at 9.20 a.m. on August 24th. Media outlets also contacted Coroner Plow, 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 I'm not sure, about the missing organs, to which he said there were no missing organs and that this was more misinformation that had been reported on this case. I don't believe that, especially when the private pathologist confirmed that they were missing. There were some discrepancies in this case. Tiny details of misinformation such as the clothes being found in the car instead of the river by students. I couldn't find anything on the people who found the wallet, not in any press releases or media sources, until I found the Newsy article where Carmen described why she didn't trust the police and wanted the FBI to take over Jelani's case. The fact that Jelani's organs were missing, how long it took to ID him, failure to process the crime scene to the point where students found the clothes, just everything. Carmen, Jelani's mother, hired prominent civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump on December 2, 2021. In a statement at the Rainbow Push Coalition headquarters, a civil rights organization, Crump said, quote, We are asking the FBI to make this young black man named Jelani Day a priority just like they did the young white woman, Gabby Batito, because his life matters just like hers. 
Missing people of color often don't receive the same kind of media attention as do white people, and it, it is true. You're kidding yourself if you aren't aware of this by now. According to blackandmissing.com slash statistics, 543,018 people were reported missing in 2020. Almost 40% of that number were minorities. Under the age of 18, there are 145,467 missing persons of color. That is one-fourth of the number of missing people altogether. And according to the 2018 diversity survey conducted by the American Society of News Editors, newsrooms tend to be white and male. You can find these statistics on the Black and Missing website, which I will link in the show notes and blog. We should have the same playing field. People are people are people. Let's try and give everyone the same immediate attention because at the end of the day, someone's life is at stake. That someone has friends, family, goals, dreams, hobbies. They have a life and they are just as important as the other missing person. So give them the media attention they deserve. And also in law enforcement, please give them the attention they deserve. There is a petition called Justice for Jelani Day that I will link on the blog and show notes for easy access. The petition calls for a formal investigation to be launched to bring justice to those responsible for the death of Jelani Day. While there is a current investigation going on, the petition raises concern for the LaSalle County Sheriff's Office, along with the Bloomington Police, to handle this investigation. They want the state and federal officials to take over the case from the Sheriff's Office. I will link this page in the show notes and blog, and I I encourage every listener to sign the petition. I have. Also, if you want to donate to their GoFundMe, make sure to go to the link I've provided you in the show notes and blog. There have been a lot of people who have started GoFundMes to try to exploit money out of a tragedy. I looked on the Justice for Jelani Day Facebook page for information, and there are a lot of posts that call out for GoFundMes that are fake. I will also link that Facebook page in the show notes and blog. Please, please look at the resources and sources I listed on my blog. Do your homework. And if you have any information, contact the FBI. I want answers for Carmen and for Jelani's family. They deserve every bit of closure and answers as anyone else. Share the story with your friends and family. Get the story out there. Sign the petition. Don't just be a listener. Crime Junkie likes to remind people that we all can contribute to changes in the system. We just have to act on it. This isn't just a story. This was someone. Jelani had dreams, goals, aspirations, friends, and family. He was a person just like you and me. If your death remained a mystery or your friends or family's death remained a mystery, wouldn't you want everyone to help and do what they can to find answers? This investigation is still ongoing and I will update this episode when we receive more information on what happened to Jelani. Thank you for listening to Crime Cloud. If you would like to access my Instagram, go to at CrimeCloudPodcast. And for my Twitter, go to at CrimeCloudPod. To find the blog, go to CrimeCloudPodcast.blog. To email suggestions or corrections, use CrimeCloudPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the podcast.